Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 144, and we're discussing our favorite anime soundtracks and theme songs. You wouldn't think so, but there may be some spoilers throughout this episode. We'll give you a heads up beforehand. I, I'm thinking through it because I'm like, okay, can we really spoil shows when we're talking about soundtracks and theme songs? You can. You can, yeah, because there are some that are on my list that point to a specific scenario or a specific like part of the show. So yeah, we'll, we'll give you a, a fair warning beforehand. First and foremost, though, happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think this episode comes out the week after Father's Day. Yeah, so. just after Father's <laughs> Day. So happy happy early Father's Day to you. It's your your first official Father's Day. And if we don't mm-hmm. count being a, a father to our corgis. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although it's still kind of, I think it's still settling in that I'm a father. Uh, I haven't really grasp the whole significance of it yet uh but I, i'm sure as you know our, our kid grows older then that title will start to set in a bit more uh but yeah i think it's a very special father's day this year and in celebration of your first father's day i have a question i want to ask you now that you've been a dad for a little while now which anime father would you say is your biggest role model? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Because we all know there's shitty dads out there. In fact, we had an entire episode <laughs> about the best and worst fathers. Um, but if there was one that you would say is a role model for you or is closest to how you want to be a father, who would that be? Mm, so the first father that comes to mind for me, for whatever reason, is <laughs> Grisha Yeager. But Grisha. No, he's he's not a, a role model that I would look up to as a father, <laughs> and I won't delve into why. Uh, but yeah, looking at the Stardust Crusaders framed photo on our podcast desk, I would have to say either Joseph or Jotaro. Okay, interesting, <laughs> because we all know what happens with Jotaro in part six, even though I have my thoughts on that as mm-hmm. to why it all happens. I think... Jotro more so because I feel like I have his demeanor when it comes to being a father. But then there are also parts of me where it's like Joseph, because Joseph obviously cares for his family very much. And he's also on the goofier end of the Jojo protagonist. So I would say both of them. Jotro more so because I think he's also very protective of his family. But then uh joseph because he's he's an all-loving sort of father i can see that because when it comes to how you interact with our son you are definitely not as affectionate as i am but that's because i'm very affectionate like i love just like you know just showering him with you know all sorts of uh cute baby talk and you know holding him close and all that stuff not saying that you don't but i feel like you're a little like jotaro in the sense that you're not as like affectionate as like I am, but then mm-hmm. you're like Joseph where you love goofing around with him. You love, you know, picking him up and walking around and like saying funny things to him. Um, he, he watches anime with you or the other day he was <laughs> watching you play Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a, that's fair. I think a combination of both makes sense. Yeah. I just hope that <laughs> our, my storyline with our son's not going to play out like that 
of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So. <laughs> well, happy Father's Day to every father out there, um, both, I guess, real and in the anime world, except, yeah, except for the, the shitty dads. The shitty, yeah, forget the <laughs> shitty ones. But yeah, happy Father's Day to all of you out there. And if anyone's interested in hearing our Father's Day episode from one year ago, it's episode 92 of Strictly Anime, where we talked about the best and worst fathers in anime. That was a That was a fun discussion. But moving into anime soundtracks and theme songs, this one's been a long time coming. This, I think, is a really special episode for us because Carl is such a, a music aficionado, such a, a you have a really strong connection to music, obviously being a musician yourself. So we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, but wanted to wait until we had a a bigger variety of anime under our belts so that we could have a bigger variety of soundtracks that we could tap into. Yeah, this is an episode that I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. As Courtney mentioned, I am a huge music fan, or I guess audiophile. Uh, and so when we started to do our episodes related to our favorite anime OPs and EDs, I had the idea, why don't we also do anime soundtracks or anime theme songs? Because I think when it comes to TV music, anime soundtracks are kind of in an entire league of their own where they sound closer to orchestral movie scores than like the simple beeps and boops as Connor from Trash Taste would so lovingly put it. And one of the things that you tend to do when you find a new anime that you enjoy is like the second we start watching a show and you're really getting into it, I noticed throughout the day you're playing that song's theme track or yeah. theme track soundtrack um, just in everyday you know activities. Like if you're washing the dishes or folding laundry, you've got the theme songs or the soundtrack playing on your phone. Yeah, because there's such great musical hooks and... I think it, soundtracks and themes like that, they just, not only are they just great bops, but they just really help to immerse yourself within the world of a particular anime or perfectly emulate the personality and emotions of a given character, which is why I think, I, I, I believe the Grammys recently added best video game soundtrack as an award category for their award show. Like, why not best anime soundtrack? Because there are so many fantastic ones out there. Not just the ones that I'm sure we'll list off in this episode, but like thousands of like great songs and great musical composers in the anime world. I could see it happening someday with anime becoming more mainstream in the West. So fingers crossed that they do add something like that and we can recognize those really good soundtracks. I'm kind of on the opposite end of you where it's not that I don't like music or that I don't appreciate it, but I'm just not as much of a music person as you are. So for me to add a soundtrack to a list like this means that it's a soundtrack that I noticed right away that has stuck with me. Because oftentimes I'll watch a show and I know the music is good. I just don't pay attention to it because it's just not resonating enough with me for me to like embed it in my brain. So you might ask, oh, what did you think of the soundtrack for this particular anime? And I might be like, I don't know, I guess it was good because I didn't mm -hmm. dislike it, but I didn't like it enough to even remember what it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, there are some soundtracks and scores in anime where I have no particular feelings about it, uh, especially like, I feel like Slice of Life is a victim of that because not to knock down their composers, 
but a lot of slice of life soundtracks sound the same because they're simple. Sometimes they're just like rinky dink stuff. Uh, but yeah, there are the ones that stick out. I say are the ones that give us. I think the term is called musical fishing. Musical fishing. Fishing, like it rhymes with mission. Oh, it, or yeah, and it's spelled like mission, but with an F. It's just this sensation that you get, almost like goosebumps, when you hear this song and you immediately resonate with it, or it's highlighted again because you're watching something in the anime that is particularly significant or particularly interesting that coupled with the music it just gives you this indescribable feeling basically i'm glad i know that term now because that is exactly what i experience with one particular song on this list and i don't know why but i i experience it every single time so now i know the term musical fission or maybe it's frition frition with an <laughs> r <laughs> now i'm looking it up and yeah google showing me the word frisson f-r-i-s-s-o-n frisson <laughs> yes well then that's what i have musical frisson if we're pronouncing that wrong <laughs> someone someone reach out and let us know uh, yeah i think i experienced that with at least one of these songs so i'll make sure to call that out when i get to that particular track okay now i'm seeing another google search Uh-oh. that says it's pronounced frisson frisson is probably so, yeah <laughs> we're probably makes, butchering it yeah it makes a french like it romance language uh so very heavily used in music so music not fishing not frisson frisson <laughs> i'm just gonna call it the musical goosebumps that i get <laughs> yeah i think that's simpler so with our list um we don't know what what the other person has put on their their list of favorite soundtracks and theme songs but because we have an annual episode that carl mentioned earlier that uh is focused on our favorite ops and eds that we discovered from that year this discussion won't include ops and eds like yes ops and eds um, are technically part of like the broader soundtrack of an anime but this is going to be any other music that's played besides the opening and ending because we, we just already talk about that so much, at least once a year. Um, we also wanted to specify soundtracks and theme songs because there are many theme songs that we love where we don't necessarily love the overall soundtrack um, or at least wouldn't consider it a favorite. So that's why we're going to be very specific about whether we like a soundtrack or a specific theme song from an anime. And so what do we consider a favorite soundtrack versus one we enjoy. The way I would define it is like a favorite soundtrack or theme song is one that gets added to the Spotify playlist so that we can listen to it all the time over and over again. And actually, I think I should clarify that some of these soundtracks and themes are on my anime Spotify playlist, which is three, two, one, let's jam. However, I do have a separate playlist for anyone who's interested that focuses specifically on anime soundtracks and theme songs so if you're interested you can check out my it's called lo-fi anime scores to slay demons and kill titans 2 playlist which is on spotify and we'll of course share a link in the discord for anyone who's a member of our discord it's not as robust as uh, my regular anime playlist 
but I think it's a sizable collection still that clocks in at about six hours right now. Oh shit, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. How how long is our our regular anime Spotify playlist? That I, one's insane. Yeah, I think it's already over a day of days worth of music. There you go. <laughs> if you just want to spend an entire day listening to anime music, that's the playlist. So I know every time we have these lists, I ask who you want to start, but I think this time around you should start with your list yeah. because it's, you know, it's music related. Yeah, because I think I have around 13 tracks or 13 songs listed, but three soundtracks. How many do you have? I didn't even count. I'm kind of okay. scared to count. <laughs> it's probably around the same though. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I can go ahead and start. And so the first soundtrack that I wanted to bring up that's a favorite of mine, and maybe this is also on your list too, I wouldn't be surprised, it's the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Absolutely, it's on my list. Okay, and I have two songs for this soundtrack, uh, but to talk about it generally, I think Cowboy Bebop, the score or the soundtrack is just, it's iconic because it's uses jazz and several other genres in the show to such a great effect. And that's thanks in part to uh, Yoko Kano and the seatbelts who provided a lot of the music for the show. Uh, Because it's it's so interesting that they're using something like jazz to complement a space western instead of using, you know, like intergalactic sounding music or even western music although I, I think they do use like western influence like country style music in a lot of the soundtrack but it was revolutionary at the time when the anime came out and it still stands the test of time not just as an anime soundtrack but also just as a general jazz or varied genre soundtrack yeah i agree i think that's kind of a, a common thing with the creator shinichiro watanabe right yeah, he infuses a lot of music into themes of his shows. But not only that, but to your point, to use jazz in this type of setting is very unusual, but works really well, similar to Samurai Champloo. I mean, you've got hip-hop influences throughout that anime, but it's set in like feudal era Japan. I mean, I don't know what era it is, but you know, it's set a long time ago in Japan. Um, so it's not something that you would immediately assume would work well together, but it works great together. So yeah, the Bebop soundtrack is so unexpected, but so perfect for every scene that it's played in. So one of the tracks I wanted to highlight from Cowboy Bebop, it's actually not a jazz track, but it's it's a vocal track, and it's Rain by the Seatbelts. I don't feel a thing. And I stop remembering The days are just like moments Turn to hours Mother used to say If you want you'll find a way But mother never danced through fire shower So I think in the anime, they used a version that had a female vocalist, and then they also used it in the live-action Cowboy Bebop, 
but they use the alternate version that has a male vocalist. Do they really? Did they mm-hmm. use a lot of the uh, bebop soundtrack in the live action? I think Yoko Kano actually returned to compose for the live action, but I think they were original. It was an original score to the live action. Oh, interesting. But this was the one track besides the opening uh, tank that was shared between both shows. But to talk about it in terms of the anime, uh, I love this track because it's a haunting choral and organ piece that sort of highlights Spike Spiegel's inner turmoil of trying to escape his violent past while at the same time wrestling with his feelings of loneliness and emptiness that are reflected in the lyrics. And I think, yeah, this is used in one particular scene in the show, but I think it's used to perfection because it's a key gunfight between Spike and his antagonist or his foil vicious that occurs halfway through the series and yeah the gunfight is just greatly highlighted by this piece of music the second track that i wanted to highlight from the cowboy bebop soundtrack i think this one is not actually a jazz track either uh, but i guess the melody kind of is jazz influence and that's waltz for zz by the seatbelts This track, I think, is used a lot towards the end of an episode. It's just a slow tempo guitar melody that this is kind of in line with the space western aspect of the show. Uh, so it's not anything like high energy or high octane, but since it's used several times throughout the series, I think it serves as this sort of musical backdrop for reflection and introspection that it's just kind of pleasant to unwind with and I think it kind of highlights one of the themes for the characters in the show is just trying to look at themselves and what they mean on the team like on the bebop crew but also just their own purpose in general also like reflecting that against whatever bounty they may be chasing in that episode. I don't know if I have a specific track off the soundtrack that I really like, other than, of course, the OPND, which we're not going to talk about. Um, but just the gen- the music in general is is great. Um, and I, of course, listen to those particular songs that you mentioned whenever they pop up on our Spotify playlist. Well, on my list, the first soundtrack I have listed is Intentional because it's the first anime soundtrack I ever truly fell in love with. And that's the Inuyasha soundtrack, mm-hmm. my gateway anime. <laughs> uh, there's something about the Inuyasha soundtrack that may not be unique necessarily because there's a lot of anime set in feudal era Japan that have that similar sound because it's a very traditional Japanese sound. Um, but there's something about the Inuyasha songs that 
to me just stand out like they sound traditional but have their own uniqueness to them which i know is like an oxymoron or they sound like typical as in traditional but they still kind of stand out on their own and there are a couple of notable songs that i really love there's a ton that i love off the soundtrack but these three i think are my absolute favorites so the first one is of course inuyasha's theme song which is titled hanyo inuyasha This is one of those rare never skip songs for me on our Spotify playlist. Luckily, it's not the length of a full a full song. It's probably what, like a minute, minute and a half or something. Yeah, so it's very short. It's easier to listen to, but every time it comes on, like when we're listening to the, the playlist in the car, I never skip it. And if Carl tries to skip it, I'm like, hang on, let me at least hear this one. I think this theme sounds like the opening for one of these Super Smash Brothers games. You know what? I never thought about that, but I can kind of hear it. <laughs> I, I, thinking it's uh, Super Smash Brothers Wii U. Maybe that's why I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to listen back to yeah, the, the Smash Brothers themes and see which one compares to this one. And yeah, I'll show it to you and I'm sure it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> well, either way, I, I think that this theme song is so grand. It's so epic. I mean, it's the theme song for the titular character. I know you love to use that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it needs to be epic. It needs to be amazing. And it definitely evokes that. I know Inuyasha may not be like the most grand character in the show, but he's the main character. So he deserves a really good theme song. The other theme song that I like from this soundtrack, I'm looking at Carl and I'm starting okay, to smile. I, I, I feel like I already know the answer. <laughs> it's the Shomaru's theme song, which is Yoke Seshomaru. <laughs> I think Carl, the first time he I played it for him, described it in the best way possible, which is it sounds like we're entering the gates of hell. <laughs> I think maybe the first time it came up on the playlist, we were driving somewhere too, and it was a really cloudy, stormy day. Yeah. So I think a storm was about to break, so it kind of set the mood really well too. The best part about it is that it's so over the top. For a character like Sashomaru, it starts off really quiet and really slow, really mysterious. And then it just builds and builds and builds until you feel like you're going to fucking die because <laughs> it's just so overwhelming and so over- or so powerful. Yeah, I feel like if you had descended, not you specifically, but anyone <laughs> listening to the song, descended into the depths of hell, like this would be the music that Satan greets you with at the gate. And the last song from the Inuyasha soundtrack that I really love. And this is the one that gives me goosebumps. Musical fissures or whatever it was. <laughs> Free song. Free song. That's Sango's theme song, which is Taijia Sango.
This one's cool because it's kind of a two-parter. There's the first half, which is very somber. It's um, the piano mostly playing. It's very sad because if you've watched Inuyasha, you know her her backstory. And then it just does a 180 and then becomes like very lively and like springy and fun. But it's still the same tune. So it's one song played two different ways within one song. And it's super simple. But again, it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. And I have no idea why. It's probably the least complex song of all the songs on the soundtrack. But there's something about this particular melody that just resonates with me and I love listening to it. It makes me really sad when I listen to it, but I really love listening to it. So I don't know much about Inuyasha, but uh, Sango is the character who carries like the big frisbee thing, boomerang. The big boomerang, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because listening to the first half of this song, I wouldn't expect this to be a theme tied to this character until that second half kicks in that adds more lively instruments and then i can <laughs> envision her using the boomerang there's a reason for that again it's it's tied to her backstory but i don't want to spoil it because i don't know Songo's a really nice character like she's just a very pleasant character um wholesome character but one that you just want to protect i'll leave it at that next on my list is one song off of the soundtrack for trigun the original anime trigun and that is the song rakuen or paradise by the series composer tsuneo imahori So I can't say too much about this piece without delving into spoiler territory. I know it's been out for, what, like 20 plus years? or Because yeah, Trigon came out in 1998. But with the new series, Trigon Stampede, I don't want to delve into anything that could happen in the show that happened in the original for like the new fans of Trigon. But with all that aside, all I'll say is that this theme, it's a very melancholy guitar melody, and it is tied to a specific character in Trigun. And I think it perfectly encapsulates that character's backstory, the morals, and their growth in the show. And of course, this is used in a very impactful scene, and so it just makes it all the more significant. Did Trigun Stampede use any of the original music from Trigun? Absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've listened to some of the score. And yeah, there's one track on there that I really like. Uh, but yeah, it's all original material. Kind of like with live action Bebop. Um, just new material for the, the remake or the reboot. Um, but yeah, I'd be surprised if they used this song again for the second core of Trigun Stampede. Uh, but yeah, this, this might sound a little bit morbid, but I think this could be played, you know, if you go to the wake of someone who recently passed away, 
like a, a slideshow of their memories. And if I were to attend that wake, I think that would bring a tear to my eye, <laughs> listening to that too, while commemorating whoever passed away. On my list, I'm going back to another Shinichiro Watanabe anime, but not what you'd expect. It's the Carol and Tuesday soundtrack. Oh, interesting choice. I find this one to be, I agree, interesting because it's a huge variety of music. So for anyone who's not familiar with Carol and Tuesday, it's about two girls who um, meet each other for the, for the first time, uh, become really close and start making music together. And they compete and they play on the street. Like they play in all these different venues and they meet all these different people in the music industry, but they're not siloed to the type of music that they play. They're meeting people who play all types of music. Like there's pop, hip hop, um what's what do we call the mermaid one again like what type of sound is doo-wop doo-wop like there's everything there's edm like it's it's a really really varied soundtrack and i think that's why i like it so much and what's also unique about the soundtrack is that all of the songs or almost all of the songs are sung in english but they're not sung in english by japanese native speakers they're sung in english by english native speakers so they sound very much like the music that we would listen to here in the west Uh, and there's a lot of gorgeous gorgeous songs that are sung by the main characters themselves in fact some of my favorite songs from carol and tuesday are sung by the main characters so there's really good music for somebody who appreciates a large a large variety of genres but if you enjoy um i don't know what, what would you call carol and tuesday's music like the the characters, characters yeah um yeah it would maybe like soft ballads and like kind of pop sometimes but like soft pop like acoustic acoustic pop yeah there I'll you go it. there there's such good songs that the main characters sing so i highly recommend it to anybody um, who would be interested in that. And unlike a lot of music anime, it's not like, it's music with lyrics. I feel like there are plenty of music anime out there that focus on piano or um, you know violin or whatever. But here we have a music anime that actually has songs with lyrics. So it kind of is a little more engaging for me in that way. And I think that's why I like it so much. And I think Carol on Tuesday as a show uh, in whole it really embodies the the power of music and really compares and contrasts the the manufactured and sort of heavily produced music of the music industry versus music that sort of comes from the heart that's embodied with Carol and Tuesday, the actual characters coming together as a musical duo. And that's very reflected in the score and in the soundtrack again with the diverse range of genres that are explored and comparing it to the acoustics of just Carol and Tuesday and their instruments uh, so yeah I, I too I didn't put Carol and Tuesday soundtrack on my list but there are a lot of great songs on there I think Mother is a great one for anyone who wants a recommendation as well as Galactic Mermaid, which we just mentioned, <laughs> the doo song. There's uh, never been another song like that, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Although I would highly recommend you watch the show and organically get to that song rather than just look it up on Spotify really quick. Next on my list, I have a song from the Guren Lagan 
soundtrack of all anime. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. And that's the, I don't know if this is anyone's particular theme, but it's the song With Your Drill, Pierce the Heavens by the series composer Taku Iwasaki. That's the orchestral one, right? Like, there's no lyrics to that? Yes. I think it, it plays in the very first episode. Um, not to spoil too much of the premise, but Guren Lagan is just about this, I guess, group of underground people who live in this sort of post-apocalyptic world. They literally live underground. <laughs> <laughs> and so they want to uh, explore past their boundaries and see what's up on the surface and beyond and and that first episode there's a sequence of these groups of people or this group of people led by uh, Simon and Kamina and this song is playing when the sequence happens it's a very triumphant sort of techno western romp that just evokes the feeling of boundless frontiers and endless possibilities i feel like this is something that could have been played in a, a movie or a TV show about the Wild Wild West and it would have fit. Like thinking of even the video game Oregon Trail. It gives that sort of vibe to it. Yeah, it's a really good song. This one's on the, the playlist, right? It is, but it's a secret track. It's a local track because oh. it's not officially on Spotify. Well, hopefully Spotify will add it someday soon. I really like from Gurren Lagan the Roro Fight the Power song. Oh, right. <laughs> that one's great too. But yeah, Gurren Lagan has some good music. Yeah, I think this song, too, is perfectly complementary to the characters, to Simon and to Kamina, and their aspiration in the series to do, just as the song title says, which is to pierce the heavens. And even listening to it, just outside of the anime, it just gives you this surge of confidence and just that you can seize the day and do whatever you want, so... I would recommend listening to this in the morning just to get you up and active. Next on my list is a particular theme song from Code Geass, and it's titled Nightmare. So I think technically it's the theme song for any time a nightmare comes out, which is one of the mechs in, in Code Geass, but I feel like it's more Suzaku's theme song, but it's Nightmare, the theme song. This is another song. Actually, this is probably the only other song besides Inuyasha's theme song that I never skip. 
So anytime it comes on the Spotify playlist, I tell Carl, don't skip it. I need to listen to it. It's short. It's sweet. It's great. There's something about it that is just so addicting to me. And I find it to be a very unique theme song because it has this Latin or Spanish influence to it. What's the instrument that's in there? Uh, I think I hear like the castanets, the like the what do you call those? Yeah, yeah, they're like in your hands yeah, or whatever. Yeah, kind of like clams <laughs> that you just snap together with your fingers. And then you've got, um, yeah, like it's just the guitar, the of Spanish course. guitar. It, it it's so like okay, I'm trying to describe Nightmare and like why I fucking love it so much. It's the castanets. It's that Latin Spanish feel to it, but it's also how like really intense and epic it is. Like it's a great theme song for when like a nightmare is coming to fucking attack you. But I also think it's just a great fit for Suzaku. I don't know why because he's Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's... but it's just really really good. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it has that Latin rhythm to it. I don't know if it's like flamenco or any of those sort of dances but it's just funny because yeah it's suzaku or you could consider it suzaku's theme even though he's japanese and this takes place in a or the series takes place in a japan that's controlled by assumingly like the british empire yeah so i don't know where like the the latin sort of spanish thing kicks in but yeah it it works so well in really drumming up the intensity of whenever the nightmare mechas show up on screen and that's something i really appreciate about music in anime is that they're not afraid whoever the composer is they're not afraid to include other influences that don't make any sense for the environment that the characters are in Um, it's certainly not the only song on my list that has a sort of feel to it or an influence a cultural influence to it that doesn't at all match the character or the anime setting next on my list I have a song from another Shinichiro Watanabe show, Damn. which is Samurai Champloo. And this is the song Obokuri Eumi, or Obtain Bearing, by Ikue Asazaki. Arayashi. So Samurai Champloo, it's often called anachronistic in that it uses hip-hop soundtracks against an environment, a setting that takes place in like feudal Japan. But this is this song is one of the few instances where it actually uses a Japanese folk song that is set to a melancholy piano melody. And it's sung in, I think it's called Ainu, which is the language of Japan's indigenous people and I think there's a reason for it because when the song is used in the show it's during a key episode featuring the tertiary protagonist uh, Mugen uh, because I think he's he's not like ethnically Japanese but I think he's part of what was called like the was it the Ryukyu kingdom I'm looking at Courtney because I know she studied like a lot of Japanese history. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I I don't know. I honestly I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think this song kind of represents Mugen, much like the song I mentioned earlier from Trigun represents a particular character. And I think it's a piece that just does well in establishing 
this emotional connection to a character who comes off a little bit as a sundere in the show, but here you you get to see a softer side of him, and that's beautifully expressed through this song with and the the simple piano melody and with the heart-wrenching vocals of the female singer which is just weird because there's so much hip-hop in that show yeah (laughs) there's a lot of hip-hop and it's really good (laughs) hip-hop yeah but this is a, a nice reprieve from all of those beats so again in anime you get these mixes of of types of songs types of music that on the surface would not make any sense at all but they all fit really well into their respective shows So I know we mentioned in the beginning of this episode that there might be some spoilers and we'll give you a heads up before they drop. Well, this is it. Spoiler warning if you have not watched all of To Your Eternity Season 1. Carl, I'm sure Uh, you know where I'm going with this. I had a feeling you would have this on your list. So this song, I don't know the title of it. I'm going to hope that Carl has it on hand somewhere because it is on our Spotify playlist. It's Gugu and Reem's theme song from To Your Eternity. Is it Reem or is it Reem? 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 Well, in (laughs) Japanese, it could go either way. I always get it confused. uh, I put Reem. Okay, I think it's Reen. Reen? (laughs) Okay. Well, her song with Gugo is so beautiful and so fucking gut-wrenching. So I have to talk a little bit about why that is um, to explain why the song is so impactful to me and I'm sure to a lot of people. If you've seen season one of To Your Eternity, and again, spoiler warning, spoiler warning if you have not, Gugu and Reem's, uh, Reen's, <laughs> Reen. their, their story is like one of the best romances in anime. And it's not even like To Your Eternity is a romance anime. It just happens to have this embedded romance that is so subtle, yet so beautifully flushed out. I... It was by far my favorite part of To Your Eternity so far. And when the, I guess, like the conclusion of their story happens in the big battle and we see what happens to Gugu, I'm still trying to be like treading lightly with spoilers, um, but I think what I'm saying is probably going to imply some things to people who haven't seen the show. But when we see what happens to Gugu, uh, Gugu at the end, after all the time that he spent with Reen um, and with Fushi, but especially with Reen, it just, when that theme song comes on, it just hurts so bad because you think about what could have been, what should have been, and it just, it's painful. And the way the song is written and played, it's so light, it's so beautiful, but that makes it so much harder because they're not trying to evoke feelings of sadness from you by playing the song or, you know, with the way it's written, but you automatically feel that because the song the, the feelings I get from the song are of like a beautiful relationship, a happy place. And that's not what actually ends up happening. So that's why to me it's it ends up being more painful than it really could have been. Yeah, this song fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear it, um, not only do I think about the stuff with Gugu and with Reen on the show, 
I just also just think of similar memories in my own life. And I will admit when this song first came on in the show and played during those pivotal scenes, like I had tears welling up in my eyes because that's just how like how beautiful, but also how gut-wrenching this song makes me feel. And I think the official title for this song, so it was actually on the Spotify playlist, but it was a cover because To Your Eternity's official soundtrack isn't available on Spotify. It was a cover done by Samuel Kim, but I think he ended up taking it down because he was like cleaning up his music library. So it's not there anymore, but... The official title for the song, I believe, is called An Immortal Confession by Ryo Kawasaki. It's so good. Now, I know we've talked about two songs that are never skips for me on our Spotify playlist. This theme song is an always skip. So it's on the Spotify playlist, but it hurts so bad to listen to it, knowing the context around it, that we always skip it because we don't want to be sad in that moment. Yeah, well, it's technically not there anymore. I know, but well, when it was, yeah, when it, it was on the playlist, we skipped yeah, it like every single time. To, you had to be in the right mood for it. Next, I have another soundtrack, one of my favorites on my list, and that is the soundtrack for Hunter Hunter. I, too, have the soundtrack for Hunter Hunter on my list. Okay, and I have two songs in particular that I love from the soundtrack. But I think what's great about Hunter Hunter as a show is that it's obviously it's more than a shonen. Uh, there's more to Gon as just being a shonen protagonist than what typically fits the mold. But I think that's also a case for the music because it's it doesn't stick to any particular genre. Uh, it's very it's very varied <laughs> where it can sound like something out of an adventure anime to something that sounds like it could be performed for a Spanish dance to something that sounds like you're in the climactic battle of an epic movie. I agree. Hunter Hunter to me defines a great adventure anime and it has the perfect soundtrack because most of the songs, if not all of them, define what great adventure music sounds like. Even the ones that may not scream adventure music, it's just, there's that uniqueness. Like when you go on an adventure, you're encountering things that you don't expect and you can encounter many different things. And that's exactly what you you experience when you listen to the soundtrack. So one of the songs that I love in particular is one I think that was introduced in the very first episode, and that's the World of Adventures by the series composer Yoshihisa Hirano. I don't know if this is official, but I feel like this is Gon's theme song, or at least one of them. Yeah, I mean, it was used uh, in his first scene when he's going fishing. But I think outside of it being Gon's theme, I just love how this song, it already gives you a grand sense of whimsical adventure. And it's also used in the previews for the show. And there was, <laughs> there's a meme tied to this with like a, an episode in one of the later arcs for Hunter x Hunter. Um, but I think this also, 
has that like slight tinge of nostalgia, which is why I love it so much because it kind of goes hand in hand with how the 2011 adaptation of Hunter Hunter, which we're talking about right now, feels like an homage to the heyday of 90s anime and of pop culture. So I think that is also conveyed pretty well in this song. The title is great. The world of adventurers is exactly the feeling that the song gives off. I know that I said that Hunter Hunter is like the epitome of an adventure OST. I think the world of adventurers is the epitome of like an adventure song. It's just so grand. It's so fun. The second song that I love off the soundtrack, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum because it's a more, it's a slower song and one that has a little bit more emotion and that song is Elegy of the Dynast, also by Yoshihisa Hirano. So Elegy of the Dynast is used to various degrees during the epic Chimera Ant arc, which I don't want to delve into too many details about because it's a fantastic arc and there are like spoilers aplenty for what happens in it. But I think each time the song is used, it conveys a different feeling, especially when tied to a specific major character in the Chimera Ant arc. Feelings of either dread or of grief, or of perseverance, or of acceptance, or even of love. So just like how Hunter Hunter, the show is so versatile in its storytelling, I think this is a very versatile piece that's very effective in every instance that it's used. I also had the World of Adventurers on my like notable theme songs for the Hunter Hunter soundtrack, but I have two others that Carl didn't mention. The first is what I think is Leorio's theme song, and it's titled All I Need Is Money. is the one that kind of sounds like a like a sleuthing sort of song yeah like a swiper no swiping type of song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is great for leodio he's not by any means like a, a a suspicious character but the way his brain works i just think this song is exactly the way his brain works yeah i can i can see that like him trying to come up with clever plans but also just being a really stupid like not, I mean, is he more book smart or street smart? He's more book smart. He's okay. studying. Yeah, know, that's To be true. like a doctor or whatever So it is. showing him as like more of a book smart character and just an airhead Because he needs to else. like, okay, I guess slight spoilers for Hunter Hunter for Leodio. He kind of needs to be clever in everything he does because he's not physically strong. He's not like Kilua and Gon where they can like beat their way through everything. Leodio mm -hmm. doesn't have that, so he's got to have a different forte. And last but certainly not least in terms of Hunter Hunter theme songs, I have what I'm pretty sure we all consider to be Hisoka's theme song, Kijutsushi no Baire. <laughs> 
Translate to though. Uh, is in baile like a type of Spanish dance? Oh, like baile. I think so. So looking it up, Kijutsushi is a magician or illusionist, which makes sense. Hmm. So it's kind of like magicians dance because I know that think they use baile in place of the Japanese word for dance. Yeah, similar to the other song that we talked about that makes no sense um, style-wise for the setting, which is the Nightmare theme song from Kogias. Hisoka's theme song makes no sense. It has that sort of like Latin feel to it as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Or like flamenco. Yeah. Is that I, a good way to describe it? Again, I don't know if that's like the particular dance you would prescribe to this sort of style of song, but yeah. Like I get with the Spanish guitars... I think the there are castanets in this one too. It's so good. I don't know why. Like, why does this work so well for Hisoka? It's fantastic. Because I think the song also just gives off a sort of mystery to it with this type of style. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like you listen to it and you can't tell if it's going to give you like a positive or negative outcome at the end, which makes sense for Hisoka. Up next on my list is a song from a movie, one by Mamoru Hosoda. And that is the song Maternity Sky by film composer Masakatsu Takagi. this song to end up on my spotify playlist but i think it's a just to comment on the song it's a simple but endearing one that i think perfectly captures the joys the challenges and the sorrows of motherhood or of parenthood and it's made all the more powerful as we watch hana the main character in the movie do her best in raising two unique children against all odds to the tune of this soundtrack. So it's like a very tender melody that really makes you appreciate the sacrifices that parents and guardians make for those that they care for. And so in that sense, I think that's why I become more attached to this song because it resonates with me personally on a new level, having recently become a father. So sometimes like thinking about this song, makes me well up a bit. You could kind of consider like you were a father of wolf children because of our dogs. <laughs> You're going to call our child a wolf. No, because <laughs> of our dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next on my list is a very, very recent anime. Um, I guess recent season. So I'm going to say it now. Spoilers for Vinland Saga season two. And the reason I say that is because Vinland Saga Season 2's soundtrack is gorgeous. That piano is doing fucking work. Like, it is absolutely stunning. And there are moments in Vinland Saga Season 2, again, spoilers, where 
people die, where Thorfinn is going through some, you know, some trauma, um, where he's wrestling with the consequences of his actions from season one. And there are many moments where you see these characters struggle through these things that they're tackling, and all you hear is the piano. There's nothing but piano. But the the piano song is just like stunning and like wild at times. Like it kind of like grows and builds and then like backs off a little bit. And I I like can't not hear the piano when these scenes are taking place. Like I'm getting so emotional watching what's on screen and then the piano just amplifies that by a hundred. Unfortunately, I can't think of a single piece from Vinland Saga that particularly resonates, but I do agree that it's a fantastic soundtrack overall. Uh, and the composer for the series is Yutaka Yamada. Um, but it's interesting because Vinland Saga is a show all about Vikings and their sort of savagery and violence. So you would expect to hear some of those kind of folk instruments related to Vikings or like really intense per- percussive beats, which I think you do during certain scenes. But the fact that he or the composer kind of uses the piano shows more of like the emotional side of everything rather than the brutal side. Truthfully, I don't even know if any of the songs that have played in season two were part of season one. They may have been, but I just didn't feel or notice the songs and, and the music from Villain Saga season one. So if these piano pieces were played in season one, then the context in which they were played just wasn't the right fit for me personally to catch them. But here in season two, it's just, it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Like I can't get over like these pieces and I can't even tell them one from another. It could be the same piano song that's being played in every one of these emotional moments, but it's just overall very well done. And I hope that at some point they'll put the Vinland Saga season two soundtrack on Spotify so that when I'm feeling down in the dumps, I can make myself feel even more emotional by playing this damn piano. Next up on my list is one of my all time favorite anime soundtracks. And that is, of course, the soundtrack for Attack on Titan by Hiroyuki Sawano and later in the final season by Kota Yamamoto. And listening to the soundtrack as you're watching all of the impressive and gory visuals of the show, I think it definitely makes a Titan-sized impact with having these grand choral and orchestral orchestral features Uh, and listening to this soundtrack for the first time when I started the series it made me realize just what anime is really capable of not just in terms of story and animation but also with these sweeping music scores it takes a lot to make a soundtrack that can live up to how big and grand the story of Attack on Titan is and yeah this the soundtrack just hits it like right on the head. I don't have it on my list in particular, but of course I'm very familiar with a lot of the songs and it's it's great. It is eerie and 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 big. I say big because Titans are huge obviously. Like you can mm-hmm. feel how large uh, larger than life these Titans are just based on the music that plays around them. And so there are two particular tracks that I wanted to note of from the AOT soundtrack. The first one is of course, called Attack on Titan by Hiroyuki Sawano. It's the 
So with this song, hearing it, like you said, it makes you know immediately the terrifying and the threatening nature of the Titans in the series, and it just completely immerses you in this cruel world of Attack on Titan, and it almost robs you of a chance to catch your breath as the music intensity just starts building up and then you get to i think it's in the climax of the song where the vocals really kick in and the chorus and the orchestra just like they pull out all the stops to make this a a grand and impressive audio spectacle the second song i wanted to point out this one's i think it's trembled the eardrums of many aot fans in recent memory and for very good reason uh, that song is Ashes on the Fire by Kota Yamamoto. So the series' second composer, Kota Yamamoto, has kind of taken what he's learned from AOT's music maestro, Hiroyuki Sawano, and crafted a soundtrack that just feels bold and cinematic and like terrifying. Because in this song, you have an aggressive percussion and these haunting choral chants that go against an agitated string ensemble as if the melodies and the rhythms themselves were on fire. And I think along those same lines, I feel that many songs in AOT's score, as I said, place you right in the thick of the action. But this one's vastly different, and it makes you feel as if you are bearing witness to the apocalypse or the end of days. So for any classical music aficionados out there, it's almost like hearing Yamamoto's own version of the Dies Irae or the Day of Wrath hymn that many classical composers have tackled throughout history. Uh, but overall, I think Ashes on the Fire, having this sort of feel like the world is about to end, is very fitting for a series that is rumbling onwards towards its drawn-out but inevitable conclusion. But we can't forget, if this is the correct song that I'm thinking of, because you know I'm terrible with titles, the amazing mashup between that and Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Yes, that's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great song to add to your Christmas list. And of course, if you're part of our Discord, we will share a link to that on our Discord. Well, next on my list um, may not be as grand as Attack on Titan, but it's uh, certainly more bizarre hey see what i did there (laughs) and this i might end up spoiling a little bit of jojo's bizarre adventure it's jojo's bizarre adventure soundtrack obviously um if you have not seen jojo then i might end up spoiling a little bit about it as i explain this so just be i guess warned on that one but all of jojo's bizarre adventure um, soundtrack is really really good and it's not an easy feat to be able to create music that fits distinctly for every one of the six parts, but also blends so well across the six parts. I actually had JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on my list as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great that six parts have come out, but each has their own distinct musical feel along with their own distinct JoJo protagonist. 
And that's kind of the thing that really sticks with me about JoJo's OST is that the songs are, again, across multiple parts. And yet there are theme songs of characters from past parts that are infused into the theme songs of future characters. So, for example, you have Jotaro's theme song embedded in both Josuke and Jolene's theme songs because Jotaro is obviously related to them. Um, and he plays a... a key role in their development as their mentor and of course Jolene's father so the fact that they take a snippet of his core theme song and plant it right into their theme songs makes you feel like all of these characters are connected obviously because they are all related they're all a lineage but even beyond that like you you feel the connection there is Jordan's theme song that has Dio in it right um I don't think so i don't think it has dio's theme so just to give a little bit of context parts one and two of jojo were actually composed by taku iwasaki and then part three onwards was composed by uh, yugo kano so i think that's why with part three you hear a lot of like that influence of jotaro carry over because it's kind of like yugo kano's carrying the same themes he did previously into the new generation of Jojo. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anything in Jorno's theme is tied to Dio's theme that was used in parts one and two. That's Although okay. it's part, yeah, it's used in part three too, but I don't think any music themes in Jorno's theme. That's okay because Jorno has the amazing piano. And that's another thing too, is like every Jojo character has such a fucking amazing theme song. I will say, Jonathan and Joseph's are maybe a little less well-known um, just because of the parts like not having as much popularity as the other uh, subsequent parts. But I think they're all fantastic. Um, and Jotaro's and Jorno's are some of the most iconic. And so I had two to pull from JoJo's soundtrack that I wanted to highlight. And of course, the first one I want to highlight is Jorno's theme, which is called Il Vento d'Oro or Golden Wind by Yugo Kano. So I mentioned that Yugo Kano has composed the score for JoJo since part three, but I still think that his theme for Giorno is his sort of magnum opus for the series. Because even with uh, Stone Ocean Part 6 coming out, I think no other JoJo theme comes close to this song's level of epicness. Not even Jotaro's, which says a lot coming from a Jotaro simp. Especially because it has that menacing piano solo during the climax of the song which has served as almost like this meme-worthy death knell for any character that stands in Giorno's or in Buchigang's way. And I always compare this to the 4-4 string ostinato in D minor from SpongeBob, because Mr. Crab says, every sailor knows that means death. That's the same case with Giorno's theme. Once you hear it in the show, you know immediately that something really epic is about to go down. Yeah, there. I mean, I think Giorno's theme, especially the piano part, has become so popular that 
Oh my god, I hate to say this. It's like a TikTok song now. Like remember that whole meme where the yeah. where, you know you'd play <laughs> it and then that person would be like, oh, is that that is that from TikTok? I heard that on TikTok, and you just die inside because you're like, no, it is a JoJo theme song. It is Jorno's theme song. <laughs> but yeah, it's played everywhere and. Uh, Piano players, I'm sure, love to play it. You love to play it. I do. I played it at an anime convention once, and people just flocked over, like JoJo fans flocked over, and were just vibing to it. The second track I want to pull from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, this one actually comes from Part Two, and it's more—it's the more emotional song. I always like to pull emotional songs from all these anime because they just grip at you grip at your heartstrings and they just don't let go uh, but that's the song il mare eterno nella mia anima or the eternal sea within my soul by taku iwasaki <laughs> So like Rakuen or Paradise from Trigun, I don't want to delve into too many details about why this song is another favorite of mine from JoJo, unless I spoil a key plot line from part two. But what I will say is that this aria, because it's an opera song, it's actually an original that was composed specifically for this anime. Which, Specifically for that scene. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> and the composer, Taku Yosaki, he did not have to fucking do that, <laughs> but he decided to. And when it's used to set that particular scene in a very climactic part of part two, Battle Tendency, it just hits you right in the gut that you cannot help but well up into tears. That tells you how special the music is in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's just as bizarre as the show itself. It needs to be to to uplift everything that's going on on screen, all the, the nonsensical shit that you get from JoJo. But yeah, that aria is crazy good. I would never expect, if I heard it just on its own, I would never expect that it was created just for a particular scene in an anime. Not even for the whole anime, just for one fucking scene. That is amazing. And next up on my list, I have the Made in Abyss soundtrack. And there's no particular song, but I just find the entire Made in Abyss soundtrack to be really, really stunning. And we had the opportunity to attend Kevin Pankin's panel at Crunchyroll Expo. And Kevin Pankin is the composer for the Made in Abyss soundtrack. And after sitting through kind of his explanations, his very, like, um his very unique way of approaching the music, I feel like I have a greater appreciation for the Made in Abyss soundtrack than I did originally. And I already liked it. There's something about Made in Abyss that draws me in because of the mystery behind the abyss and this like crazy, creepy world um, that kind of just unfolds before you. And the soundtrack complements that so well without being overly mysterious or overly eerie. It's a beautiful light um, almost like otherworldly soundtrack, but as with all of these, they, it fits so well, even though you wouldn't think so. Yeah, Kevin Pankin is another just great 
anime music maestro uh with made an abyss's soundtrack i can recall two different pieces i don't know i don't remember the name of them but the one one of them is like this it's almost like a whimsical but ominous song where i can't just i don't know what kind of it almost sounds like a xylophone or a marimba set to effects i think it's something like going down the abyss is like what the title implies uh but yeah there's something so mysterious about it that it fits with the characters uh reg rico and nanachi as they continue to explore the depths of the abyss then the second one is one that has vocals in it like there's a I think it's a harp and then these male vocals and it provides a, almost like a more hopeful tone to the series whenever it's used uh, it, even though like made an abyss can get really fucked up at times i think this song gives you that uplifting feel to know that there's even though there's so much more of the abyss to explore uh that there may be some hope for these characters as they continue on that journey. It makes me think how powerful music is in conveying a story. Because if you think about Made in Abyss, to your point, there are so many hopeful like feelings in the show, despite how like incredibly depressing it can be at times. And I think Kevin Pankin's direction with going with a more whimsical, hopeful soundtrack works. Because if you think about some of the most intense depressing sad scenes that we get in made an abyss there's not always this like intense depressing sad like you know tug at your heartstrings kind of music behind it it's still very light it's still very whimsical Mm -hmm. and that is crazy like i i think about some of these scenes and how different they would feel if there was some like dramatic music played behind them and i love that it's not like that i love that even in the darkest moments of made an abyss you still have that ray of light that is the music behind it. The last song that I have on my list of favorite anime soundtracks and theme songs, I would call this the most plus ultra anime song in my humble opinion. And also a great fucking workout song if you're into that. Uh, That is the song You Say Run by Yuki Hayashi from My Hero Academia. time this track comes on on our spotify playlist i get so pumped I get, you could consider this as a secondary theme for the character all might although he does have his own superman inspired theme but you say run is a theme that evokes the feelings of just pushing through one's limits and setbacks and emerging victorious and that's a scenario that of course happens very often in a show about heroes and it's fueled by this rousing orchestral section 
led by a strong undercurrent of violins and an equally fast-paced rock band. So you, you just can't help but feel inspired as the track moves along. Would you say this is kind of like Midoriya's theme song? Yeah. So the, the interesting thing is this song has had, it's been used a lot. It was used a lot in the first couple seasons, but as the show has gone on, it's had limited screen time. But when it makes a cameo appearance in the later seasons, it, it's used for like a variety of characters. So not just All Might, not just Midoriya. I even think in the recent season, it was used to great effect for another character. And I think it just highlights the significance of the song and just representing the best of all of the characters of My Hero. Or like the, <laughs> the class of 1A and all the pro heroes and just truly emulating what it means to be a hero. So I think, yeah, maybe by default, it could be Midoriya's theme, but I think overall, it's just meant to be a secondary theme for My Hero Academia. It's the hero's theme. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> I've listened to this a couple times when I were back when I used to work out. It's just great to listen to when you're running on a treadmill or doing any sort of cardio exercise. I do want to give a shout out to All Might's actual theme song, the one that you said it has that like Superman inspired sound to it. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's a really great theme song. And last on my list is the soundtrack for Spy Family. Oh. Yep, that's right. I put this one on my list because I think that it is such a great fit for the espionage feel and for the time period because it's kind of set in like, the 1960s-ish. And yeah, I just am so impressed with all the songs because it has that great blend of the espionage stuff that you get from Lloyd and from Yor, but also the family stuff that you get from, well, there you go, from the spy side of things and then from the family <laughs> side <families>. of things. <laughs> um, and my favorite track on the soundtrack is um, Anya's theme. Like, it's so clunky. It's, it's a kid version of Lloyd's theme, essentially, which is perfect because she wants to be a spy like him. But overall, like the whole soundtrack is just, it's just great. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. And I remember watching the teaser trailer or the PV for uh, Spy Family season one before the show even officially aired ever. And the only thing that, like, I could take away from that PV every time I watched it was how fucking good the music was. I even remember you and I were watching... I think Giguk was either streaming or had a video about the upcoming season and Spy Family was part of that season. And even he commented how fucking amazing the music was, like how how much it slapped in that that PV. Yeah, because it, I don't think it's there's any other soundtrack out there that sounded as unique as Spy Family's because it's in this sort of espionage genre. The only closest one I could think of is Great Pretender on Netflix. But yeah, this one just captures that sort of feel that you get from a, a James Bond film. So I, I can see why you gravitated towards this one because you are a big fan of the James Bond film series. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think the soundtrack is done by the band No Name. Uh, but I just, yeah, I also just love how unique it is with, I think it's like Strix's theme and then Anya's theme, which is <laughs> like a variation on that. Uh, but just adding that like rinky-dink school recorder. And we've talked about some very beautiful, complex soundtracks. Again, like Attack on Titan or Made in Abyss. There's nothing really complex about Spy Family's soundtrack. It's just so much fun. And that's all it needs to be to match the anime that it's created for. 
Before we wrap up, I have two honorable mentions, and they're not even songs, I think, um, but they are the eye catch songs that play during certain anime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you would maybe consider them part of the soundtrack, but the first one I have here is the eye catch song, quote unquote, for Demon Slayer. Isn't that just a, a sword shing? No, it's oh, oh wait, the, no, the, not the title. The title card, okay, yes, maybe it's like, not the eye catch, yeah. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> so it's not even the eye catch, you're right. I think it's the, yeah, it's the title card for every episode. Okay. Yes, that. I don't know why. I really like that. And that's all I have to say about it. It's just really good. <laughs> I mean, it, it sets you in the Taisho era because it has that sort of folksy feel to it. Yeah. But then also has that ominous, oh, we're about to slay demons feel. <laughs> The other one I think is the eye catch song, but I haven't seen this anime or I haven't rewatched it in so long. It's the eye catch song or noise for Samurai Champloo, where it's just the DJ, <laughs> the, the, the scratch, and it's like Samurai Champloo. <laughs> Samurai Champloo. Yeah, right? that what? thing. No, what the <laughs> I don't know if those ever you... make it on soundtracks, but I mean, I don't know where else I could ever call those out besides like in a review episode. So I just wanted to add those two. <laughs> of all of the unique eye catches out there <laughs> i would not have expected the samurai champloo eye catch it's so good uh, it's iconic <laughs> and it's always in my head <laughs> um, i i do know this is just an aside that the hunter hunter soundtrack actually has a separate track on one of the albums for the eye catch so you can hear it just like that five second snippet there you go okay so maybe maybe <laughs> these are on some of the soundtracks <laughs> i hope so anyway so those are our favorite soundtracks and theme songs in anime, but I'm sure down the road, our list will expand with each new show that we come across. I was about to say, there could be potential sequels to this episode just because there are so many great soundtracks for anime out there that it, for me, it was just hard to cram all of my favorites into one. So who knows? We might revisit this topic again someday. And we're curious to know what you guys love to listen to. Um, if you have any favorite soundtracks or theme songs from any particular anime or for any particular characters or scenes or whatever and why they're your favorites. And also, are you the type like us to add that to a playlist? And I would also encourage you listeners out there to listen to some of these soundtracks in full, even if you haven't watched the show they're from, because I think they're just fantastic pieces of musical art on their own. And who knows, they may convince you to watch that show down the road. Although be careful, because sometimes the titles of some of the songs are a bit spoilery. Right. Not often, but <laughs> on the rare occasion you come across a song title and you're like, oh shit, well, that just tells me what this is all about. Unless it's in Japanese characters where you don't even know what it's about. <laughs> and you just have to imagine it from the music that you're hearing. But of course, a great place to start doing all of that is by listening to our anime soundtrack playlist, which is again lo-fi anime scores to slay demons and kill titans 2 which is on spotify and we'll share a link to that again in the discord but if you're on spotify and you're not sure if you're looking at the right playlist uh, i do have a picture of tanjiro almost looking like a, a one-for-one -one copy of the lo-fi girl and he's just sitting at some desk writing on parchment so again that's lo-fi anime scores to slay demons and kill titans 2 on spotify 
Thank you guys as always for tuning in and hope you enjoyed this discussion. As always, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us and let us know what anime music you love. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.